You're listening to the Hamilton Today podcast from 900 CHML. We talked about uh, last week how uh, uh, now it had been okay for Denmark and the Netherlands to uh, donate uh, F-16s, I think there's six going in total, uh, to Ukraine. Uh, these will not be fl- uh, flown by NATO pilots. They'll be flown by uh, those that have been trained in Ukraine to actually fly those. Uh, we remember that if NATO was to come in uh, and do the same sort of thing, that that could theoretically start World War III. That being said, what is Russians, uh, Russia's reaction to this after the announcement that these planes would uh, be arriving? Let's bring in Arl Brown, Professor of International Relations, Senior Member of the Monk School of Global Affairs at the University of Toronto, and here now. Arl, thank you for the time. Hope you're well. Thank you. So let's start with that, Arl. What's the difference if NATO comes in with these planes as opposed to they give them to Ukraine, they train up the pilots, and they fly them? If NATO came in directly, that would be uh, the alliance basically fighting Russia. Russia uh, is no match for the alliance, but the alliance certainly does not want to get into a direct war. That could raise uh, the possibilities of using nuclear weapons, although... Uh, even that is uh, unlikely because Vladimir Putin understands that uh, that would be suicide, and he is mostly not suicidal, but the risks would be great. And particularly the Biden administration has been very reluctant to try to provoke Russia in any way. They have slow walked giving armaments to Ukraine. They have uh, blocked the sale of uh, the aircraft for many, many months. We know that Ukraine has been pleading for these aircraft for well over a year. They're only going to start training now. It would take four to six months to train these pilots, uh, perhaps even more time to train the least 800 mechanics that would be required to maintain these planes. It would be a slow process. But in the longer term, as this war continues, this is the last piece that is necessary for Ukraine to be really effective in recapturing the territories that have been illegally occupied by Russia. Because in order to fight a combined arms uh, war, which uh, they will need to, to recapture territory now, they need to have uh, aviation. Combined arms, as we know, is a military concept that calls for a combination and synchronization of tanks, infantry, artillery, engineers, and aviation, and this joint capability then allows uh, the military to seize, occupy, and defend uh, defend terrain. The Ukrainians have been denied the F-16, and uh, this has left a huge gap in their capabilities. Uh, What about Putin's reaction? Isn't he looking at it the same way um, in the sense that uh, does he care who's flying the planes? They're they're still supplied by, um, you know, those close to NATO or NATO. He does not want to risk a war with NATO either. So he has been remarkably adept at rationalizing defeat after defeat while he makes the most uh, startling and dire threats. His red lines have not meant very much. He made threats when Finland and uh, Sweden uh, were applying for membership to NATO. He made threats about tanks being delivered, about high Mars being delivered, about longer range uh, missiles uh, launched from the air were being delivered. So at every turn, he has tried to scare the West, particularly 
the rather timid Biden administration. He's looking for the wobblies in that administration, as well as in Europe, because this is his best hope. But it hasn't worked so far. It's not likely to work in the future. The question is how well Ukraine can move. In the meantime, they're making small gains on the ground. It's very, very difficult. They had the momentum last, uh, last September, but they were not given the adequate uh, support from the United States in particular. The, administ the administration in Washington certainly is afraid of losing the war in Ukraine, especially as Biden is facing re-election next year. But they seem almost as scared of winning. So Putin would play on that hmm. fear. How much use are these F-16s? Uh, six initially, uh, how much use will they be? You, you said providing, obviously, cover for what's happening uh, below them. Are they going to have a significant impact? Eventually, there are supposed to be some like 60 of these aircraft. They're not the latest version of the F-16, but they have had a midlife upgrade. So they not only are able to communicate with each other, but they can communicate really well with ground forces of various types. So this is essential for a combined arms operation. So when you have the full contingent of some like 60 aircraft, and they also have a dispersal capacity, so they will be very difficult to hit. They don't just have to fly from fixed bases. They're equipped with parachutes, so they can land actually on uh, straight stretches of highway. They would have a very important impact in the, this kind of combined operation that Ukraine hopes to be able to uh, to engage in, but it will take quite some time. Uh, this will not occur in the next four to six months. Uh, at the earliest, it would probably be the spring of next year. And so this delay has cost Ukraine the ability to take back more territory faster, and it cost Ukraine a great many lives. When they first began the current offensive, we know that because of a lack of adequate air cover, the tanks, including very fine Western tanks uh, in a small uh, uh, column that uh, the Ukrainians used, were these tanks and armored, uh, armored personnel carriers were very hard hit by Russian aviation, by Russian uh, armored uh, attack helicopters, and Ukraine did not have the aircraft to respond. The F-16s would allow that kind of response, but this should have been done a long time ago. Ukraine Hmm. ought to have this aircraft now, but for the reluctance of the Biden administration. How will Putin prepare for this? He knows it's coming. He is currently throwing everything he has at Ukraine. So it's not as if uh, it's a matter of now he's really going to be angry and is really going to uh, attack Ukraine because he has had no restraints. There's been no filter. There's been no attempt to avoid any Ukrainian civilian uh, casualties. The best hope that he has is to create divisions among the allies, to create hesitation within elements of the Biden administration that were always too timid to move forward. And short of that, he doesn't have that many, many options. Perhaps the wisest thing for him would be to, to negotiate, but he's not going to do that until it's very, very clear that he will be defeated. At that point, he may well negotiate. Uh, as I said, it's remarkable how he has been able to rationalize away all sorts of defeats, whether it is the membership by Finland and soon, hopefully, by Sweden, 
or the more sophisticated armaments, such as Leopard 2 tanks, uh, Leopard 1 tanks, HIMARS, uh, Storm Shadow missiles from Britain. Uh, and so I think we can count on Vladimir Putin uh, uh, to reach uh, uh, an agreement uh, that will try to save his regime if he feels uh, that uh, uh, he is uh, definitely losing the war. But at the moment, he uh, appears to be convinced that time is on his side because we hear these kind of statements coming from some diplomats and others who would like to negotiate now, would like to have a ceasefire. And if we get a ceasefire right now, that would be a huge victory for him. Hmm. Arl Brown with us, Professor of International Relations, Senior Member of the Monk School of Global Affairs, University of Toronto, uh, F-16s on their way to Ukraine. Arl, as always, thanks for the time. Be well. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Hamilton Today podcast. You can listen to the show live weekday afternoons from 3 to 6 on 900 CHML and online at 900CHML.com.